da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Well, you never turn your back on family, mm. and uh, I'm not going to tonight because I'm joined by my fam, for real. <laughs> the ma- the man fam, the man fam. Brian Gill and Richard Varden joining me, Kent, tonight on the Mad About Movies podcast once again, backed by popular demand. All three of us together. I keep thinking that they're going to at least kick one of us off the show, the FCC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If not all just, of us. The Vegas odds are pretty high for me. <laughs> I think Richard is leading the odds. Yeah, correct. <laughs> the, the betters would go with Richard Barden at this point. But uh, we are together nonetheless. You don't turn your back on family. And a lot of fast talk tonight to talk tonight. Fate and furiousness to talk. Yeah. I'm excited because this is the day we've all been waiting for, and uh, the the debut of the Fast Eight trailer. And we didn't know mm. the name of the movie and until the trailer, which is a, a cool move. Like that's kind yeah. of a baller move to just drop that all in one kind of thing right there. But nonetheless, a lot to talk about here on the show tonight, including the Golden Globe nominees, which we will get to shortly which is always a fun conversation in and of itself. But, again, guys, first reactions to this. You guys are the fast uh, aficionados, maybe the official ones of the universe, I think. And <laughs> Yeah, put that on the tombstone right yeah. now. Family. Hashtag family is going to be somewhere on the tombstone. <laughs> or it's going to say Brian Gill lived his life a quarter mile at a time. That's right. And so I'm anxious to hear your thoughts because, I mean, I guess... Just for me, I came late to the party, I'll admit. You guys definitely brought me to the to the family, so to speak. So my thoughts are just more of the same, more awesomeness as far as just over-the-top crazy one-liners <laughs> mm-hmm. and people shooting things and driving cars off things and getting tongue up with each other and submarines busting out of ice. And it's just a, it's as ridiculous as you could ever imagine. And they seem to try to up the ante in ridiculousness every time, fully embracing mm-hmm. the bit and just how awesome and fun it is to make the movie and everyone's having fun. And I guess it's kind of the best of those, in my opinion, as far as everyone's just kind of in on it. It's the WWE of movie franchises. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It is in on and the bit. Which, <laughs> hey, and the Taker's going to be in the ninth one. So and good. The Rock's already it's in awesome. it, so it's fine. Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, Undertaker means yeah, yeah. <laughs> Undertaker in anything though. I mean, let's they're right, they're they're out of light, right? And they're revving, and they're they're just about to go, and then all of a sudden the the lights the go street out. lights go out. Yeah, all the street, street lights, lights go out, and they're like kind of looking back at each, each other, and then you hear it. Yes. And they hear it. And rumbling. That's awesome. Let's <laughs> Wait a second. The infamous bell. <laughs> <laughs> the church bells, the bell, the hell's bells, if you will. No, um, and that worked really great in Fuller House. So I don't know why they would. I know use it for this. Name it's one thing a... that, that wouldn't be improved by the Undertaker. <laughs> Love Actually, probably better movie with the Undertaker. Good movie would have been better. Not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> where were we? So yeah, Fast of the Furious, Fate of the Furious, and we will say. Uh, as pointed out by trusted listener Colin Fox via email, 
Richard predicted this a year ago. Fast Eight would be F Eight Fate of the Furious. So I, yeah, that's I don't, off for I Richard. Remember. Betting yeah. odds are with you again. <laughs> I'll bet on you. I'm, it's a it's an odd <laughs> it's an odd gift that I have. Um, but yeah, uh, this is you know where I choose to uh, choose to have my brain power. <laughs> these kind of things but, choosing uh, titles yeah. of fast movies just your one little niche that you seem to right. carve what out what would the ninth one be mm. Mm. I'm gonna have to ponder that I'm gonna reveal my uh, my Fast and Furious 9 title next week okay Okay. look forward to that so much journaling happening over this week trying to figure it out Excited. it's like uh, it looks like I'm trying to solve a cold case there's like pieces of yarn <laughs> Everywhere in my office. Yeah, you're definitely writing on a glass wall somewhere. (laughs) Pictures of pictures of all the cast members with yarn in each on a glass wall. (laughs) So response to the trailer, guys. It's a process, Brian. It doesn't just happen. That's right. Oh man, could I be? I mean, like this is as exciting as it gets, right? These these movies are so great, and they they so get it. Just you can tell just in the way that they market the movie and the they released a freaking teaser trailer for the trailer. Not like here's a teaser or something to come in later, like, hey guys, here's fifteen seconds with one car chase and a shot of Dom. Hey, by the way, trailer's coming on Sunday. Like that's such a fast move. I mean seriously. The Vine trailer. I like the trend yes, of the Vine. Incredible. We're gonna do it's a incredible. six second trailer to the trailer. Yeah. And yeah. That'll get a million I, hits on YouTube. They're pretty smart exactly, about that. You know exactly. what I mean? It's brilliant. Everything they do is brilliant. They, I've said, I believe I said this last time we reviewed one of these fine motion pictures. There may not be a franchise or a a blockbuster series that gets it and that understands their identity more than than the Fast series does. Like they know exactly. Well, who they are. Oh man, they know exactly who they are. They know exactly what the audience wants, and they do it in a in a way that doesn't feel stupid so much as it feels crazy. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. so many Michael like, Bay movies, you, yeah. you just kind of have to fight through the non-action sequences because they're brutal and they're, they're written so poorly and the characters are terrible. The difference with that, it, these movies is like, if you're into this series, you really kind of care about these characters and the stuff that happens between ridiculous heists and car chases and revving of engines and such um it doesn't really matter if it's good as far as like an you know some kind of like oscar caliber writing and drama it's it's that you care and that you you have a reason to invest in the in-between parts and they get that so well yeah who who care? I mean, we talk all the time about the weird way that Dom holds holds a beer bottle, or that um the the tell me about your father. Like that's such a stupid line, but he gosh he delivers it so well, and it works so well within the framework of those movies. I don't know if even like Star Wars or the Marvel movies get it quite that rate at at what the the fast movies do. The the only franchise I can maybe compare it to as far as that goes and what it's become is maybe Mission Impossible as far as just yeah. we're going all out all the time. Everybody kind of knows what you're going to get when you go into it. It's kind of cookie cutter at this point, but sure. Mission but, Impossible but even, tries yeah. to be a little too intelligent sometimes. But yeah, as exactly. far as the those, action those movies is concerned, I'm try to retain. Action. Yeah, those movies try to retain some level of credibility as far as 
Could this movie. potentially happen? <laughs> yeah. Could this could this possibly happen? Well, probably did because we all know Tom Cruise did climb up that building. So I mean, like it it's it's possible. Most of the stuff that happens, yeah, I know they use practical effects, but it's all ridiculous and over the top and crazy. And you just you're so there's no way you're in or you're out. Charlie Sterling doesn't in you know (laughs) drive a submarine through an Arctic uh, glacier. Let's get the physics of it. Uh, I know (laughs) there's people out there like to do that because there was that article circulating talking about the number of Dodge Chargers needed to drag uh, the the uh, the vault (laughs) streets of uh, of Rio and the (laughs) the length of the runway that you would need to have that fight take place was like 11 miles or something I thought it was like um, 36 miles or something like maybe that. it maybe it's insane it's insane but they get it and they they get that we get it and it's like everybody's in on the joke but the joke's also really funny so we're just gonna roll with it yeah richard uh yeah no i think you know these movies have humor in them both intentional and well i think all of it's intentional but both on the surface and <laughs> And in the kind of ridiculous subtext, and they're fun, and they're multi-ethnic, and are like one of the most progressive, uh, you know, at least pop, uh, popcorn-style movies out there. Like they look like America as opposed to like you know mm-hmm. Marvel movies like that we love. Um, so uh, I think that's really cool, and and it's not only like uh, truthful and ethically probably correct well definitely correct to you know not just have white people in these roles but it also proves hey guess what uh african-american and hispanic people and asian people they go see movies too so if you have people that look like them they're gonna go see it and that's why these make like 300 million dollars their opening weekend in large part is because gosh isn't that neat because we don't know what vin diesel is nobody does yeah yeah that's true everybody claims vin diesel we can all claim him yeah exactly uh he he is american uh but but yeah, I mean, like, they're just a really, I think they're kind of everything that's co- great about 2017 will be Fast 8. Do I think it's going to be, like, authentically, you know, we make jokes like, uh, my my friend uh, Shane sent me a, a text that said, or our friend Shane, rather, said, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and call it, you know, Best Picture 2017. <laughs> and, like, that's funny joke to make, and that's obviously ridiculous. They're not good movies in that sense, but... They are, um, you know, sometimes uh, you want to, uh, you know, read uh, Ulysses at home and listen to Mozart. And then sometimes you want to go ride Mr. Freeze at Six Flags. <laughs> and like those are both things that you want to do. Um, and there's and there's time in your life for both of them. And and I don't think uh, one is necessary. There's certainly they're fulfill- fulfilling in different ways. And, and this this franchise unabashedly fulfills the 70 foot drop down a roller coaster without trying to fulfill the <laughs> James Joyce void whatsoever. Like you right. are in line for, and that is what is admirable and likable about them. Uh, the most. I would like to ride the James Joyce roller coaster though. Like that right. whenever they can figure out the theming on that, whew, going to be incredible. Remember when yeah. Vin Diesel said about Finnegan's wake, about Finnegan will be the other one that dies. <laughs> Diesel said, if Fast 7 <clears throat> didn't win Best Picture, the Academy was out of their mind. I remember he said that <laughs> at the premiere of Fast 7. But um, what was the only movie that I shed a tear in in 2015? <laughs> uh, so he had a point. I mean, it was 
well executed from an emotional standpoint and from mm-hmm. a just a movie making standpoint. I mean, the, the stunts were absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. He drives the Bugatti out of the Abu Dhabi Tower <laughs> not once but twice, or the four four million dollar car or whatever it was. Not a Bugatti, but uh, some crazy brand. But um, man, what a ridiculous movie series it is. And so the fate of the Furious or Fast Eight. The eighth movie. There are more of these than there are Star Wars movies right now, guys, just so we know. So we're clear. There's more <laughs> fast movies than Star Wars movies. As it as it should be. Yeah. And um It's a so, broader story with more scope, okay, so it's hard to <laughs> it is. It's a bigger universe. A wider universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's more you can do with it than Star Wars. No. Um so this time around, we have Charlie Theron added to the cast as Cypher. She's the most lethal love. terrorist, or uh, what is what do they say, cyber terrorist or something? Yes, kind of cyber terrorist. The, the best thing this movie, these movies do, I think, is <laughs> I love this so much, and it is a total professional wrestling move. To your point earlier, Kent, is uh, so you have a new villain, and uh, you you've got to, and they they say, well, uh, we had this really great villain in the last movie. Everyone really liked him. He was a he was a great heel to use like wrestling speak. Yeah. And uh, and then they're like, hey, well, we'll just bring him back as a good guy this time. <laughs> yeah. Let's unite against this worst bad guy. And that's yeah. like such a great they do. They did that with The Rock. The Rock uh-huh. was a yep. villain in the in the fifth movie. Yep. And they're like, well, it's pretty cool having The Rock. Yeah. It'd be weird <laughs> if they fought him again. Eh, we'll just make him part of the team. They're gonna <laughs> do the same thing with Statham. And right. if they hadn't killed Luke Evans. Yeah, uh, he, they would have done the same with him. They didn't see that coming because he was great. He's my favorite. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. It's a great move. But what now? What they do? Uh oh, the thing you least expect. Now Dom turns his back Betrayal. on the family. Yeah, betrayal. It's yeah. Like, I was legitimately conflicted over that guy. It's like I had to really think about yeah. my life because that that it's really threw me for a loop. Yeah, or he's brain. Yeah, it's got to be. Something's in his head. He's, she's got something on him. Yeah, no it's it's Letty. It's what happened to Letty. Remember? Or yeah. Didn't Letty yeah. get amnesia or something like that? Yeah, she or had was... amnesia. Pretty normal thing, yeah. And uh, forgot about Dom for however long it was mm-hmm. in this series. I think it's the same pill. Yeah. I'm thinking just like uh, Stuart Townsend. Uh, you know, he's been brainwashed by Charlize Theron. <laughs> Yep. Not hard. Not hard burden. No, at all. No. I no. love her like weird uh Diane word dread though in it. <laughs> in the movie. Gosh, wait for Chappie to show up with her henchman. Mm, what a day. Oh boy. We also have Helen Mirren in the cast this time. And oh, seen yeah. in the trailer with a pistol in each hand, wielding uh double fisting pistols. Uh, in this trailer, so she's all in on the bit as well. I love that. Get it, Helen. Yes. Get it. How cool is that? Awesome. Uh, excited to see that. Kurt Russell too. The Good best. addition. Great addition. He's a great guy. addition to this cast. He can fit. Great addition. He, that, he that's an so odd well. fit. Yeah. Yeah. He's got just a little bit of slime to him. It's awesome. It's a great, great bit. I uh, yeah. The the really we're running out of people I would like to see in this universe. Wow. Uh, we joke about the Undertaker. I mean, obviously the last one. For Fast Ten, I think is obvious. Brian mm-hmm. brought this up first. I think it's 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 obviously MacGruber. Yep, yep. You never turn your yep. back on family, and then it, the camera pans left. It says, never, never ever. ever. 
Say never, ever. Say never ever. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I like. I think McGruber. If I'm working him into the universe, I don't think you. The the error you would make is ambitiously putting him with Dom, mm-hmm. um, on that tier of the crew. I think you work him in with like Ludacris and Tyrese. I think you make yeah. their dynamic now a three. Yeah, he's more. A, he's more of a Gadgetron guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Instead like, of like yeah. leading the pack at first, and he's kind of rude to Ludacris, like he was to Dick, Dixon Piper at the beginning. Uh-huh. Of, yeah. But then Ludacris earns his respect. Right, right. I love it. Make it happen. This is an easy play. We had multiple people tweet at us as well. We're definitely headed to space, right? Like this is going to happen in Fast Nine or Fast Ten. We got to. Like, <laughs> we've got to break that barrier at some point. Right. They're gonna be in NASA. Yeah, they're gonna be at the ISS. Is the next Fast Nine is yeah. uh, going like out a, of space. Yeah, I, I love it's like it an when, Armageddon plot. Yeah, love it when Diesel just gets in the Dom mode. He's he's boys, good down here. Never turn him back. You know, I mean, that guy. Awesome. He's he's got some range yeah. to him. I, I'm being facetious and a lot of sarcastic, but uh, I love I love the bit. Yeah, it's I, great. I can't, I can't yeah. lie. I do love a bit. So it's a great bit. And no one looks so to the well. side. Yeah, no one looks to the right or left with his kind mm-hmm. of eyebrow up. Yep. And like a just a look yeah. of just saying like I'm kind of interested in what's going on. Also, <laughs> to your point earlier, Richard, as far as the flipping flopping of the uh, pro- protagonist antagonist, now the family has a tank because last time they were being chased <laughs> yeah. by a tank. So we're just gonna. Whatever, whatever you had to defeat last time, you get those this time. So I guess, yeah. I'm guessing they're going to have a, a Boeing plane this time around, too, because that's what they were. The, the climax of the last <laughs> one was uh, the runway sequence, of course. I think, yeah, you work Charlize into the team for Fast 9, obviously as the love interest for Jason Statham, but you bring her in as like a post credit scene in Fast 8 as part of the crew where she, they're all kind of grilling out and then they look up, and there she is. <laughs> and she's kind of looking sad at the barbecue, and then Vince is like, you like short ribs? And then it just cuts away, and then you know like she's in for Fast 9. More part climactic of the- to a ludicrous song, and we're yeah. good. More climactic scene. The Fast 6, or the, uh, yeah, the uh, Fast 6 um, plane, or the Fast 7 uh, rock um, flexing out of his cast into an ambulance, wielding a uh, turret in a hospital uniform. What, 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 uh, what did you prefer? I mean, that's a great few seconds, but you can't, <laughs> you can't top the 39 minute long runway scene of just for, you know, it's like comparing a great lyric, uh, to, uh, a really long, beautiful Leonard Cohen song. And, uh, <laughs> that's what that six is to me. <laughs> to this podcaster. He flexes out of the cast, Richard. Gosh, that's such a great move. So cool. Daddy's got to go to work. It's <laughs> incredible. Oh, man. And just the way the whole Paul Walker stuff was handled in Fast 7, I mean, so much respect. I mean, it was so, so like, uh, I mean, so well done. And it had so much dignity to it, you know? It was mm-hmm, done the right totally. way and 100%. Yeah. They delayed the movie, what, a year after that happened? So, you know, oh, yeah. like, they get it. They really do, in more ways than mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fun times. Speaking of the Rock trailers and 
kind of moving on. Have you guys seen the Baywatch trailer yet? No, I have not. Uh, I haven't watched it, no. Let's talk about that next week. Okay. okay. Oh, but I can already tell you I'm all in on The Rock rebooting Baywatch. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> you will be you will be all in on the tone of the trailer, I think. I'm 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 down. Totally down. I saw the cast is uh Diodario and, and Efron. Yeah, and... you'll you'll be in on that as well. Yeah. Cool. I am now. I'm always in on that. Uh I wish. No. All right, here we go. Um Golden Globes talk, guys. Uh, the nominees are out for the Golden Globe Awards this year, hosted by Jimmy Fallon. And I believe those are on NBC, because that's the bit now, is to get your host to uh, hear from your own network. That It always has to be political now with these things. You can't just get a guy. You can't, you can't get James Corden, if you're NBC, to host your award show. You know what I mean? It has to be right. some kind of, how is this promoting us type of thing, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I, I don't like that. Um, I do for the Oscars, though, because... I don't know what we talked about Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars and excited yeah. for that. That's independently kind of produced though. It's not, uh, it's its own The Oscars, it's like ABC. Yeah. The ABC yeah. doesn't have as much pull on that as like NBC does with the Globes, as mm-hmm. you, um, the Emmys kind of you know, obviously rotate and it's always great when it's on Fox and they're like, okay. And Ryan Seacrest after three <laughs> years of talk show host doing it. Um, but in the Globes, it's always an NBC, per, you know, it's like Tina Fey or uh, Tina mm-hmm. Fey and Amy Poehler and mm-hmm. that. But the, the Oscars, I know Kimmel has wanted to do it for years. Yeah, he's the perfect choice. Yeah, he's going to be great at it. He's going to be, I hope, well, hopefully. I'm always excited about Oscar hosts. I always think they I hope the right he gets, people, his people get to write. Over, his yeah, people get they to over, write for him. And it's not the Oscar people writing for him. I hope he, uh, Bruce, Vol- he, I hope he doesn't get valanched. <laughs> he can only hope. <laughs> Never forget. He does not get valanched. <laughs> Word of the year, valanched. Here's a Nominee. good idea. Wear this funny t-shirt. <laughs> It'll be funny. Awesome. It, it won't. It won't. Okay. So the Golden Globe nominees. Uh, should we talk all of them, including TV? I think we should. Let's do it. Okay. So we'll start down at best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, miniseries. So these include things like, uh, I guess, Game of Thrones, Westworld, This Is Us. Mm-hmm. So Lena Headey, Tandy Newton, Mandy Moore, and uh, this is uh, another This Is Us, Chrissy Metz. I don't know her. Uh, and yeah. Olivia Coleman from The Night Manager. So Tandy Newton was spectacular in in Westworld this year as an android, actually. Uh, Spoiler alert. No, no, that's not a spoiler. I'm just kidding. That's I'm just the first kidding. episode. It's it's not a spoiler. <laughs> um, so that's always crazy, you know. Like we saw that with uh, Vikander and Ex Machina. Thought she did a spectacular job with that. So that's kind of a different level. So I would vote for her. But you got to think this is us. Probably has the has the odds there with two out of the nominees. So I have not seen this is us. Have you kept up with it, Brian? Um, I've watched five episodes, maybe something like that. It's, yeah, I just watched the pilot for their. RPG, yeah, but. it's it's an interesting show. It got a lot of nominations. Yeah. It's it's one Richard. I don't know where you are on that. You were watching it at one point, but yeah, no, for, I bailed. Not on, okay. not on purpose. I just sure. I yeah, didn't stay with. For it, me, so. it has turned into one where I every episode I go in kind of needing to be resold on the whole premise and the whole idea and i'm so i spent like 20 minutes being like "Eh, i don't really know about this 
And then at some point it it wins me over and I'm like, okay, that was a really good episode. But then for some reason I go into the next episode with the exact same thought. I'm just like, nah, I'm not really sure about this. So I, I don't know where that will wind up at some point. It's a weird it's a weird way for me at least to be I'm either in or I'm out typically on a show. And this one uh it, it's it's different. I don't know. Got some staying power so far. Yo, yeah, it's a huge hit. Like that's yeah, gonna be hit. I think that's gonna be NBC's thing for the next five or eight years but um it's an interesting property so flipping the side to the male side of things sterling k brown for oj simpson uh christian slater on mr robot travolta for oj simpson hugh laurie in the night manager and john lithgow for the crown <laughs> the crown man the crown is popping up everywhere it is so uh, I have not seen The Crown, but I hear coworkers talking about it, and they're they're telling me if you like the monarchy and that kind of stuff, you'll like it. And I was just like, I kinda do, but I don't like want to watch. This was show. that uh, was that Des Bryant telling you about that? Des, <laughs> coworker, we're on the same team. The team. He's a big Anglophile. Big. Loves the loves, loves the yeah, just eats up royal stuff. <laughs> just, Gosh, totally. He's got, pic- got a picture. Got- of young King George yeah. in his locker. Have you guys heard Travis Frederick's podcast on uh, on Downton Abbey? Like, it's, really it's good. good. It's excellent. He went back to the first episode and he's reviewed every single episode. Oh, so really? Does he do it with Zach Martin? Hopefully. Yeah, of course. Okay. And they, yeah, it's awesome. And they have little cups of tea. I talk about it. <laughs> Sipping tea. Cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Nothing better than an offensive lineman and a cup of tea. That's a great visual. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so you got to say the odds here go with OJ and probably Sterling K. Brown. He took the yeah. Emmy, so he'll probably take the Globe as well, you would think. So, I guess we'll go to motion picture made for television for an actress. And I don't know any, or Sarah Paulson is nominated, so mm-hmm. she will win. That's all you got to say. Probably, yeah. yeah. Pretty good Pretty good bet there, yeah. Good rule. She's uh, nominated for OJ as well. So, Kerry Washington nominated. Charlotte Rampling, Felicity Huffman, and Riley Riley Kyo, or I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she was in that. She was in a movie I saw a couple of days ago, and uh, I'll talk about it later, probably at some point. And she was spectacular. So, best performance by an actor in a miniseries on TV um, goes to um, Courtney B. Vance, probably mm-hmm. American Crime Story. Actually, Probably. did Sterling K. Brown win for OJ? They both did. They both yeah. did, yeah. I, think, I believe they both, they both did. Yeah. Um, I get I get their names mixed up because it's Sterling K. Brown and Courtney B. Vance. It's a little hard right. for me to keep those straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he was so good at Johnny Cochran, and I mean, he absolutely stole the series. Really, did Courtney B. Vance did, and um, so I think he'll win. But Brian Cranston's nominated as well. Tom Hiddleston, John Turturro for the night of. And mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed from the night of as well. So I mean, did y'all watch that? Category. No, I did not. But my roommate did and loved it. And but uh, I would I would walk. I didn't watch the first episode. And every time I would walk in the room, he'd be watching it. I didn't want spoilers, so I didn't keep up sure. with it. But um, I'm going. I to- watched the first two episodes, and then it got kind of lost in the shuffle of pilots and all that sort of stuff. But it was really good, really dark and kind of depressing. But it was good. So I would go. With OJ there as well, um, I have seen it. I've seen the other stuff too. I've seen all the way. I thought Cranston was great in that. 
So mm. actually, that could. It's a good category. That could, yeah. I mean, this is a stack category. You gotta, you got all of that. Um, so let's go to comedy side for actress. JLD is nominated, so she will win. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Meryl Streep of women's yeah. comedy television. Golden Globes is weird though. They do weird. They do bits. So like <laughs> Gina, Gina Rodriguez won a couple years she's, ago. She's for nominated Jane the again. Yeah, she's great. I'm I'm saying that it's not quite the same as the Emmys where it's just like, well, this is obviously the the winner. Sometimes the Golden Globes is just like, yeah, we're just going to randomly pick a name out of a hat. And yeah. it's Rachel. Have you seen this uh, Danish her. sitcom? Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you're missing out and uh, you need to watch it. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Have you nope. seen Divorce? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Wait, her? Sarah Jessica Parker and Thomas Hayden Church? <laughs> in a, move, in a show about divorce? Well... This yeah. is like dreams come true. They're fighting. Don't the worry, their marriage, their marriage therapist is John Travolta. Just to oh really... no, yeah. yeah, that's like a that's what I watch as I'm writing my suicide <laughs> note. It's like push me over the edge, and then you just kind of look at the screen and throw the note away and go, <laughs> "This is enough. I'll just leave this plane." <laughs> so, on best performance by an actor in a TV series, Anthony Anderson, Nick Nolte. How is he nominated? What's going on? <laughs> Never heard of Graves until today when I was looking at the Golden Globe nominations. So, good. Best, he was also nominated for Best Haggard Grunt also. <laughs> so, good to be a yeah. double winner this year. Best Haggard It's all of his dialogue. It's just like... Best Mugshot. <laughs> nominated again for Best Mugshot 10 years later. Weird. Oh. Best Impression of a Bear Accidentally. Yeah, Nick Nolte. <laughs> Great. Great job again. Just keeps crushing it on that category. Gail Garcia you... Bernal and Mozart in the Jungle, Jeffrey yeah. Tambor with uh, Transparent, and Donald Glover for Atlanta, and already getting get nominated it. for that. That's crazy. Get it, Donald. Get it. And he'll be nominated for Lando for the Oscar, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would go probably Tambor there, um, but Anthony Anderson, I could see winning, or Donald Glover, if you want to yeah, say great. that, or Nick Nolte, if you want to be weird, Golden Globes. <laughs> Go we for do. It. Just for oh, the speech. Yeah. We're already drunk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that should be their that should be like the poster <laughs> for the Golden Globes. Best performance by an actress in a drama TV series. Winona Ryder for Stranger Things. Cool. Evan yes. Rachel Wood for Westworld. Cool. Um expected that one probably as well mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. uh Tandy Newton. Carrie Russell for the Americans. What up? Yes, yes, yes. Claire yes, Foy yeah. for The Crown. Again, haven't seen it. And Keltronia Kale, Balfay. That's an interesting name. For Outlander, which I have obviously not seen. So, Same. good to see Carrie Russell get the recognition because The Americans is, again, yeah. underappreciated. If and, that show can just stay on for another three years, it might actually win an award by the time it gets what, to the finale. Two more seasons? This is the second to last season, I think? I yeah. think you're right. That's two yeah. more, yep. Yep. So, I, it's still got time. Still got time. Yeah, it's going to be one of those stupid things where it wins every award in its last year, and then, like, right. the last season won't even be that good. <laughs> right, right, it's exactly. It's going to piss all of us yeah. off. <laughs> Welcome to the party, everybody! Jeez! <laughs> yeah. I would think Evan Rachel Wood would win this category as well, but it would be cool to see Carrie Russell win. It would be cool to see Winona Ryder win. 
as well. Yeah, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna go Winona there. I think I'm gonna go ahead and say Kerry Russell um, wins it, but Winona Ryder steals it on the way out. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. she shoplifts. <laughs> That's why you come to Mad About Movies, folks. That kind of wit. <laughs> Mad About Shoplifting. Side side podcast for kleptos everywhere. All right. Best performance by an actor in a television series drama. So the opposite side of things. Bob Odenkirk for, yeah. obviously, H-G-T. Better Call Saul. Leif Schreiber for Ray Donovan. Rami Malek, Mr. Robot. And Billy Bob Thornton for Goliath. And Matthew Chris for the Americans. Mm. Again, the Americans. Quite the category there. And then so you gotta, Bob you have, you have to. <laughs> good category. And then B- Billy Bob is just kind of hanging out drunk again. I'm just kind of right. chilling here. You guys want to buy one of my records? You know, I'm in a band. <laughs> now we're cool, Billy Bob. We're, we're cool. Still got this bottle of blood. <laughs> did you guys see Bad Santa 2? What, what, what are the odds that he doesn't even know he did Bad Santa 2? Pretty high. Maybe it was just outtakes, like yeah, stuff that was left on the exactly. editing floor. They cut together. It seems like it. They just found that kid and said, hey, we can make yeah. Bad Santa 2 with that outtake <laughs> footage and this kid. Wait, are you guys sure you don't want to hear a rockabilly record by me? You still got his. Uh... We're good, Billy. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you over here. You selling later. them at this table. It's a pretty good impression. Got merch too. Yeah. All right. So Bob Odenkirk probably or Rami Malek probably, but it would be good yeah. to see anybody win except Billy Bob. <laughs> but Billy Bob's fine in a world. Um, yeah, I, I want to see Matthew Reese start cranking out awards. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. And then getting in every movie. You're getting in movies, yes. What is go- You know, there are actually a couple, Carrie Russell and him. Yeah. I, I know. That's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Isn't that, that is the coolest. That, yeah. Probably I, the, I that, actually that's the real live Jimmy and Pam Russian guys. Spy. Yeah. I yeah. hope they're real Russian spies and that they win. Like, I love <laughs> them that much. <laughs> yeah. He's got to start being in some, some movies. If you ever want to really, if you're a big American fan, oh, he's going to be in the Jungle Book. Not the one that came out, but the other one. <laughs> the circus and, one that's it it's the only thing upcoming so come on world but if you really want to laugh uh if you're a big americans fan i would suggest a google uh, youtubing bloopers of americans and b youtubing the wine show that matthew reese does because he's like a super goofy weird guy and he's like so intense on the american it's like really hard to believe uh that it's the same person not to mention the welsh accent is off is surprising but like he's so different and lighthearted. he'd be he's like a comedian it's like when I found out Eric Bana was a comedian. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> right. So, if we go to best limited series, as in series, um, the nominees are The Night Of, The Night Manager, American Crime, American Crime Story, and <laughs> The Dresser. What is The Dresser? I am very curious. Just a show about... <laughs> but it's nominated show about for the Golden Globe. HGTV or... I don't know. <laughs> It stars Anthony Hopkins, apparently, and yeah. Ian McKellen. I'm guessing it's BBC, filmed in London. Yeah, BBC. It's about a Shakespearean mm. actor. So, I haven't seen that, but I've seen everything else. Personal assistant. Um, yeah, I'm just fell asleep just reading that. You got to go with probably The Night Of or the American Crime Story OJ uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that's going to win every award that it's up for, except for Travolta. Yeah, 
Because he's not. Because he's, he's up against up against Sterling yeah. K. Brown. I'm really excited for the close-ups of him in the crowd. It's always my favorite, just to see what else he can do. What to his kind of hair he's got on? Like yeah. what he's wearing for the night? I'm really into the eyebrows now. He's yeah. become like um, the uh, the rival home builder in Arrested Development. Brian, help me out here. Oh, uh, uh, shoot! Ed Begley uh, Jr.'s character, yes. whatever. Sitwell. Sitwell. There you go. He's, he's Thank like you. a Sitwell type. Welcome uh, to Single City. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the eyebrows are now like my new favorite thing about John Travolta. They're yeah. so finely manicured and dyed. I think at this point he should just show up in his like Battlefield Earth costume. Just take it to the next <laughs> level. Just be that character. Yeah, well, at least Shirley Theron was borrowing it for a fast date. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's it's always her thing, man. She just. Always got to look weird. She, you can't just she be beautiful. She shaved her head for, uh, for <laughs> she, she Mad actually Max. kind of ruined her. Yeah. I don't know just, she's shaved. the most beautiful, not woman, human. <laughs> yeah. And just is like, nah, just always. Which is, it's not like everyone has to be conventionally beautiful all, at all times. But it's just like, can we just see <laughs> how stunning you are one time? It'd be like if George Clooney did every movie in a with a like burlap sack on his face. It's just like, <laughs> my thing. <laughs> Yeah, or like yeah, some weird, crazy yeah. zombie yeah. makeup or something on yeah. his face. Like, just had, is that like, George yeah, under like, there? You know what this? Uh, you yeah. know what my Monuments Man character needs is a huge scar down the middle of my face. Yeah, the prosthetic nose that makes me look like a Dickensian like banker. And it's like <laughs> I don't think it's that severe. She changed her hair for God's sake. No, right. no, no. I mean that's what Cooney would do. But yeah, but it's never just like she looks good. She always looks beautiful, but except for monster. Well, but. <laughs> Except from Monster, which she would fully but admit the same. Yeah. Not since, like, honestly, not since, I guess, young adult, maybe, but she's never just, like, lets us just, like, be in awe. awful Huntsman movies. She's normal looking, but she's in a terrible movie, so it's weird. That's fair, I guess. I just, it's, it's, I feel like it's rude to the rest of us. That way. I would love to look like, I'm a male, and I would be, I would love to look like Charlize Theron. That's how beautiful she is. And I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go perform as her tonight at a certain bar. <laughs> but no, it's just, okay. it's All maddening right. to me. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so we go to best comedy television show, fellas, and already Atlanta nominated. Mm. As well as. Is that an episode of Two Broke Girls, or is that its own show? <laughs> Two Broke Girls Finally is getting its due. Yeah. Um, Transparent, Veep, Blackish, and Mozart in the Jungle. So these are all one camera shows, uh, it seems. Interesting. I think Atlanta's in for a good night. Maybe not this year, but it, yeah. I think things of uh, things to come are very good for that show. People will really like that. I've the only problem well. is is that he's kind of doing the Louis slash Larry David mm-hmm. model where sure. season two might be like, you know, somewhere in twenty 27 and like it doesn't build momentum right. that way for that's the true sports, but very true donald glover's doing that yeah he's doing lando and then something else like he said season two of atlanta may not be for two or three more years oh wow that's crazy yeah. i heard westworld season two is not coming out until 2018 yeah i heard that too but i get that because the insane production that's a on whole it. year yeah <laughs> yeah fx seems to be in the business of like signing up really talented people to not make shows for them. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Louis C.K. and, and Donald Glover. It's like, I mean, 
you can do one just whenever you want. Eventually, they're going to like just it's going to be 24 hours a day of Archer. And then like every four years, one good show shows up. The oh, yeah. Louis said um, it's hilarious when he talks about his show because he's like, I have the be- best show ever because I can literally do whatever I want. He said like a, a part of his contract of doing it was you can't see any episode ever. That yeah, air he, until it airs. He produced them yeah. completely. Like he, he asked them what the minimum it would cost to like make a television show for them, and they were like three hundred thousand dollars an episode. And he's like, okay, if I can make it for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars an episode, would you be interested in them? They're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so the deal is, I do that, but you never get to see it until it airs. <laughs> they they made him that deal, and so they don't probably don't even know how much he spends on actually doing it. He yeah. edits. He he. I mean, he, people shoot it, but he edits it all himself. He, uh, I mean, obviously writes it himself. Um, he takes bits from his own stand-up and puts it in there. So, obviously, Louis's show has evolved, but that's where it kind of started. So, um, yeah, FX, I like FX comedy. I think they, they mm-hmm. know what they're doing, and them purchasing the Simpsons archive is very smart as well to rerun those. So doesn't matter because Curb's going to win everything next year anyway. So Probably true. <laughs> Can't wait for that this spring. Season nine of Curb. Um, so we go to the drama side, and HBO has Game of Thrones and Westworld nominated. So, The Crown, This Is Us, and Stranger Things nominated for Best cool. TV Series. Cool. Good Love to see it. them get recognition. I would think Game of Thrones would win that, or yeah. Westworld. But no. No, Stranger Westworld Things would a... be really cool to win. I actually that I'm probably gonna bet on Stranger Things winning that just because it's the Globes and they can do that. So. Mm-hmm. Which CSI is Westworld? Was that the one with Gary Sinise? <laughs> CSI Westworld. Yeah. Is that Sinise or is it Tom Richard Berenger? I have not. It's I will I will have seen it. Maybe all of it. No, not all of it. But I I bet I will be an episode or two in by by the next episode because we're we're check it we're out here in the in the it's in very the interesting house. it's jj Dark. abrams produced and yeah. uh jonathan no. nolan uh yeah, i've seen the movie the original yeah. movie i know it's not too much in common with that but uh i'm 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 down with it i just had to uh had to plow through some other stuff i mean gilmore girls isn't gonna watch itself fam <laughs> but uh yes, it will. now i'm yeah primed. It, it'll it will watch itself i promise <laughs> i'm primed up and ready and uh we're gonna watch that one Probably over the holiday, oh, quite a bit, because it's it's a family holiday. Yeah, extravaganza. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cooper Cooper's... loves it. So <laughs> good, can't wait. I, I I based most of my decisions off what Cooper thinks. So <laughs> so we go to animated motion picture in the movie side, and Zootopia and Moana nominated, as well as Kubo and the Two Strings, My Life as a Zucchini. Apparently that's a foreign film, and Sing as well, which is not out yet. Coming mm-hmm. out uh, next week, maybe something like that. Christmas, yeah, Christmas. So, I have seen Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, and Zootopia. Kubo and the Two Strings is extremely well done, but I think it's a little too adult. Um, it's a little too different for this category. So I would obviously Moana will probably win. Yes. Yeah animated movie and that'll set so it up for the oscar i'm sure Go so ahead. there's sausage party and my life is a zucchini in the same year <laughs> right uh, interesting i'll leave that one to itself sausage party should have been nominated 
I think that was a hilarious. It was a great. It was great animation, nonetheless, but a hilarious movie. And um, that'd be hilarious if it was nominated for the Oscar, but not the Globe. That would be very, very funny. <laughs> so original score: Arrival, Lion, Moonlight, Hidden Figures, and La La Land. And uh, assuming La La Land will win that. Yeah, but, sight unseen. I feel like unseen. go ahead and give that one all the awards, as well as best original song. La La Land, Trolls, that Timberlake song, um, seeing Gold and Moana's How Far I'll Go from Lynn, Min, Manuel, Miranda are nominated. So I'll say Moana or La La Land. Or maybe Can't Stop the Feeling. That's a, a song of the summer almost. So uh, who knows? Screenplay? What kind of indicator is this as far as the Oscars go? As far as the best original screenplay? I believe it is not a very good indicator historically. These aren't if original. These serves. are this is a combined um, mm-hmm. yeah. category, isn't it? Is it not? There's it's just I best think you're right. There's no original yeah. and there's no adapted. So you are correct, sir. Yeah, but this is a strong uh, strong selection. Those are five either movies that we know to be good or five movies that we are very high on, like the anticipation level. So. Maybe I'm not I'm not excited about Nocturnal Animals, but La La Land and Manchester by the Sea I'm I'm dying to see. So, and then Moonlight and Hello High Water are both incredible films. Okay, so best director Moonlight Barry Jenkins, Kenny Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, Tom Ford for Nocturnal Animals, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, and Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Um. So kind of the same as screenplay except for Hacksaw Ridge, which uh, Hell or High Water was yeah, nominated for screenplay. come on. Yeah. So actress in a supporting role movie, uh, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Viola Davis for Fences, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. I will admit I have not seen any of those movies yet, and I will have seen all of them in the next three weeks. So yeah, we got a lot seriously. to do. Gosh, so many movies to get to these next couple of weeks. It's kind of a beating. Uh, so Naomi Harris really is incredible in Moonlight. It's a really brutal, difficult performance, and she does a great job. That's the only one that I've seen to this point. I will, yeah, I will. I will give my opinion at a later date. Probably after is, the winter. It is. It is a good. It's a good. It's a good. It so is. the actor side of things, Jeff Bridges nominated for Hell or High Water for a supporting actor. Uh, Dev Patel, Lion, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Nocturnal Animals. Um, Marshala Ali for Moonlight. Mm. And Simon Helberg for Florence Foster Jenkins. So, I have seen Hell or no. High Water and Jeff Bridges was great. Mm-hmm. And Maybe he would get my vote, but I have not seen Moonlight. So you've got to see Moonlight, dude. That Marshall Ali is—I don't want to say he's the best part because that's uh, that's difficult because it's a really good movie overall. But his his performance is is just kind of on another level. It's incredible. So we go to musical or comedy actress because they split these categories here. The best part of the Globes, minus the alcohol, is they actually recognize comedy. Yeah, that's true. So Haley Steinfeld, Edge of Seventeen, Meryl Streep, of course, for whatever movie that was, Lawrence Foster Jenkins, Annette Bening, 
20th Century Women. Lily Collins, Rules Don't Apply, and Emma Stone, La La Land. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, maybe, or Emma Stone, maybe, yeah, or Meryl Streep, because freaking Meryl Streep. Because <laughs> it is Meryl Streep, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think Emma's getting this one, because she's the, she's the front runner for the, the Oscar. It as is well, musical so. or comedy, and I'm mm-hmm. assuming La La Land is, has both of those. Definitely mm-hmm. musical. So. Yep. Um, best performance by an actor in a comedy. Again, they do recognize this. So mm-hmm. Gosling for La La Land. Um, Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Yeah. Jonah Hill oh, for boy. War Dogs. Random. Kind of random there. The but, I mean, I like Jonah, so that's good. No, yeah. I understand He's good that. in that movie. He's very good in that movie. Kind of an odd movie to be like, oh, yeah, we got to give that some award love. Yeah. Um, Hugh Grant, Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah, my man. And... Speaking of, we got to give that some award love. Uh, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, mm. nominated for a totally deserved award. Yeah, can't argue against that for sure. He was Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He was Deadpool. Best performance by an actress in a drama. So now we have the drama side. Uh, Arrival, Amy Adams. Okay, Isabel Huppert for L. Chastain for Miss Sloan. The the hit of the year. Miss Sloan <laughs> just tearing it up in theaters on 2500 screens um, Natalie Portman for Jackie mm. which is the Jackie Onassis biopic so Amy From Adams heard, that movie sure. has its issues but she's yeah, incredible sure. in it so could be mm. Natalie could be Natalie uh, are I thought that was Keir Knightley at first when I glanced at the picture, but it's often my mistake. So, best performance by an actor in the dramas, uh, Garfield for Garfield the Cat, actually. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge. Um, Garfield for the great comedy series yeah. Garfield, the Garfield and Friends from late 80s, Garfield. early 90s. And he's going to be ticked because the award's on a Sunday, and you know what? The next day's Monday, <laughs> so he's going to be in a bad mood when he gives his speech. Oh, yep. Just wait till he he's sees the dinner there, sir. Oh, yep. man. He's so sassy. He's got so many quips. Um, so, Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, Casey Affleck, um, Vigo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, which I haven't seen yet, and Denzel for Fences, as well as Joel Egerton for Loving. Hmm. Well, I'll go Casey Affleck, according to the, the buzz, but mm-hmm. can't go wrong with any of those. Yeah. Um, uh, Egerton you can go wrong with. In it, <laughs> at least in everything else I've ever seen him in. He may be great in that. Maybe. Best motion picture, musical or comedy. Um, 20th Century Women. Deadpool, Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, and can you get two more polar opposite movies to be the same category? Uh, La La Land and Sing Street. Um, I've seen Sing Street. I saw that in the past week, actually. And it will be oh, my... It? We'll talk about it in Weekly Recommends. Okay. Um, and uh, La La Land, uh, sure, that'll probably win because musical or comedy. Uh, but Deadpool would be funny to see that win. Yeah. Beat La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how how crazy would... Uh, oh, I hope that happens, actually. I hope it does. 
Um, I hope so he comes to the t- to the mic to accept it in Deadpool costume. That would really take it over the top. Last category, guys, is best picture drama. Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, Lion, and Hell or High Water. Strong. Hell or High Water. Strong, did not expect strong, strong. that. I I wanted it, but I didn't expect it. I will mm-hmm. say. Um, interesting. No rival for best picture. Yeah, that's true. That's that was a little bit a uh, that took me by surprise. Yeah, that's a snub, in my opinion. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays come Oscar season. Some of the other awards, because Golden Globe is really hard to judge, like or to prognosticate from. But some of these others, I don't, I don't know how well Arrival is doing there, and that that surprised Denny me. Wouldn't, a bit. Denny wouldn't Denny uh, wouldn't nominated for uh, best director, so mm, and it wasn't yeah. nominated for screenplay either. I think Amy Adams was the only one nominated for yeah, yeah. Arrival. So didn't expect that, but. What do you think for best picture? Moonlight? Yeah, I think it's Moonlight. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, though, has a lot of really strong buzz right now. So that's I could, I could propel it as well. Okay. So we'll have to see for the Globes, but anticipating the night nonetheless. And we'll talk about the winners maybe uh, when that happens. Yeah, we normally do a little post-show on that bad boy. It's normally worth post-showing. So let's take a break. Let's uh, throw back to no. Christmas Vacation, and then uh, let's hit some recommends. Boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So continuing 
our topic, our trend, uh, of the Christmas throwback comes, highly recommended, Christmas Vacation by National Mm. Lampoons. (laughs) I think that's the correct title, right? That's the actual title? Christmas Vacation by National Lampoons? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, vacation series, well-known. Obviously, everyone knows this um, stuff. So here we are. I guess self-explanatory. Uh, iconic Christmas movie. Uh, among the top three, I would say, if you're going to maybe rank, as far as Christmas comedies are concerned, I would rank them somewhere along the lines of Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, and Home Alone. And as far okay. as the Christmas dramas and stuff, I would do It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, Rudolph. I mean, I, that's kind of horror, actually, Rudolph. <laughs> it, sure. it gets scarier every year. I don't know why. It just does. Creepier and scarier. Um, so, those are fine. Uh, but this is definitely one of the more replayed, rewatched, retalked about most marketed oh, yeah. Christmas movies totally ever. Um, and it's kind of unavoidable. So I guess in a sense, guys, this episode is unavoidable and inevitable. So here we are to talk about it. Um, I'll say for once I grew up on this movie. Uh, maybe that will skew my opinion on it. Um, just because I just remember watching it with friends and family growing up and laughing at parts or remembering laughing at certain things with certain people, you know? I've always, uh, like Richard and I, for example, like we just talked about Home Alone, I guess, last week. Um, but Richard and I laughed about Home Alone and uh, Daniel Stern and Rookie of the Year, like that was something that we laughed at like you know like mm-hmm. something in that movie that we just both found funny like no, you know r- rarely you and, know, no one in our and apt pupil we were always yeah always of making course. our apt pupil jokes yeah <laughs> they did not go over well but uh yeah. <laughs> <Did> we <laughs> well i mean there i think history's on our side now there are certain things <laughs> with certain people especially or uh, you know, definitely, especially comedically, more so than most things um, mm-hmm. that you just share with certain people. And I guess maybe sure. this movie, I have more of those moments than with, say, Christmas Story or uh, right. a Bad Santa or an Elf or uh, another movie that people would watch normally around this time. Um, there are definitely a lot of iconic Christmas movies, and to say this is one of the top three most played rewatched is a saying yeah. a lot because I feel like there are three or four every year that come out that are high profile, a lot of famous people involved in studios and things like that. So for this to have stuck around as long as it has and still be talked about to this day is impressive in and of itself and worthy of the conversation, at least uh, from a movie podcast uh, perspective, it is worth us talking about it. So any thoughts, uh, general thoughts on, on Christmas Vacation? I know we all aren't, Fans of uh, Chevy Chase, the per- or well, actor no or the person? Is, but... <laughs> I mean, actor or the person. Let's let's get down to the bottom sure. of of your Chevy Chase feelings first of all. Um, 
I'll go first, Richard, and then please. Slam. I think we mostly agree on this. Chevy Chase from when did uh, when did SNL start? What year was that? Seventy five. Uh, Seventy five to this movie came out in eighty. <laughs> Look, Chevy Chase from from seventy five to I believe this movie came out in eighty nine. Um, that's a he. That's a great run. He's very funny for the time. I I don't know how well his comedy holds up over the course of uh, you know twenty five years, twenty plus years later. But regardless, in the moment. There's no bigger comedic star than Chevy Chase, really. Maybe Eddie Murphy. Um, yep. Maybe they're on the same page, but but close anyway. And uh, and look, he's he's fantastic in these movies. He's very good at uh, at for the period at what he does. He's also the biggest douchebag in America, and that's <laughs> like oh, whoa, like that's just not. I mean, I don't feel like that's an opinion. I feel like that's a pretty well known fact at this point. Um. He's just kind of a miserable guy, and it, I think that's translated, or that's played into why he has almost no cultural relevance in 2016. Like, other and than that's a, Christmas Vacation and his other movies, right? Like, no, sure, nothing new, but nothing current. Is there? Yeah, is there? I mean, Community was the most recent thing that he did that that had any, um, yeah. you know, any cultural pull. And I love Community. I'm as big a Community. They wrote fan him off the show, though, didn't they? Like they did because, the yeah, because he was a tool. And regardless, look, at, I always say everybody in Hollywood, you just assume that they're jerks, and that way you're never disappointed when they turn out to be. That's just kind of a my method of of dealing with, uh, or so, I guess of separating the the. Except for you, Dag. Yeah, except for you, Dag. We we know you're the best. <laughs> um, and no one has ever said a, a, a unkind word about you, but. You just assume, like, look, everybody there is not the greatest person. You have to be kind of self-absorbed to be able to do what they do a lot of times. It doesn't matter. Regardless, you're most people in Hollywood, you probably don't want to hang out with them if you're if you really get down to it. Then for him to be <laughs> as disliked as he is and 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 widely and knownly <laughs> like everyone knows that most people don't like Chevy Chase I think that says a lot about um who he is and and how much he stands out as a singular uh jerk I guess would be the most polite way I can put it I don't know that feel yeah. free to, to correct me or, or chime in there Richard his influence is huge yeah for, the for sure I don't like if I never saw Chevy Chase in another movie or TV show, I would be oh, totally yeah. I don't okay with that. And is. I would have started that when this movie ended. Like, I think Christmas Vacation is a really solid movie. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. Uh, if he never was in another movie or TV show after 1989, I don't know that we're missing anything. Oh, 100%. I'm not, 100. I don't think anyone is arguing anything else. <laughs> I don't think okay. there's anyone that's like, man, sure. Chevy Chase stops making movies. I'm done as a human. <laughs> you know, I think it's people liked him when he was in his prime, and that's great. You know, and mm -hmm. same with kind of Steve Martin, too. It's like, yeah, Father of the Bride, all that stuff, you know, SNL, King Tut, that's all great. You're like, you're, you're kind of immortal to us now because of that. Like, we don't really care if you do anything else or. You know, if you do something else, great. You know, if not, great. You know, sure. Um, the difference, kind of the difference being, Eve Martin 
remains culturally relevant. Certainly oh, not yeah. anywhere near as culturally relevant because, by most accounts, Stephen Steve Martin is a nice guy, or at least is good at pretending to be a nice guy, and exhibits ways in which oh, to yeah. to show off his talent. Whereas Chevy Chase does not. Chevy Chase would all. would have done enough comedically to retire after you know, in 1990, and he was still would have been as you know, his movies still would be like we'd still see Christmas Vacation on TNT every weekend or whatever. Like I feel mm-hmm. like that. Sure. You know. Sure. I don't think like he's done anything since then to help himself. You know, like all yes. his movies have bombed. Uh, he had a failed late night show. Um, he's gotten you know kicked off every kind of show he's been attached to. Uh, they rebooted Vacation without him. I mean, with him as in a cameo, but kind of without him. Um, and. <sighs> What can you say other than he's still around? I mean, I hope the best for him. You know, I don't know him personally, but we can only say what I guess what you hear. Um, I guess that kind of explains why he hasn't done much. You know, uh, the proof mm-hmm. is kind of in that. You know, if you want to know how you say how do you know that? Um, I guess kind of his career <laughs> kind of yeah. says that. Yeah, honestly. So, um, well, and add to it, like movies like Fletch were huge at the time. Does anybody under the age of 25 know even what Fletch is, let alone nope. have seen and, and enjoy Fletch? Like, I just don't think – I think he was perfect for the 80s. I would I, think they would only know Chevy Chase other than Community. Any millennial would – you know, any person born after 1990, I would say, would only know him from uh, the Vacation movies, maybe Vacation 1, mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation, or Vegas Vacation is a – is a way bigger player in the uh Yes, that's the, true. That was a TNT person, mainstay. Yeah, yeah, younger person yeah. household. They might know that more than they would know Christmas vacation or sure. European vacation or so on. But um they would know that and they would know Caddyshack. They would, that that's it. That's probably mm-hmm. it of the Chevy Chase zeitgeist that they would maybe know say who is that? Who's Chevy Chase? Who is he from? They could maybe name either sure. vacation or Caddyshack. That's probably it. Maybe yeah. SNL too. Sure. Look, I don't want to minimize what Chevy Chase meant to comedy and no. to the world of entertainment during his run. I just think he is the worst as a person, and I think that that is a that is a player in why he's not uh, still important. Of at course. This point. Okay. Yeah, he so. couldn't get a part in Billy Lynn's long halftime walk like Steve Martin. <laughs> this is a jerk. But yeah, I'm gonna say. So I have a weird experience. So I I the first Chevy Chase movie I saw was uh was man of the house with him and jonathan taylor thomas and farrah fawcett like i had no i didn't see christmas vacation until i was probably about 24 wow just didn't exist in my world didn't i never saw we didn't watch christmas movies in my family like i never saw christmas story till i was like 18 watched Mm -hmm. it in school or something or like one of those weird tnt i never saw princess bride until i was like in college like i i had some weird gaps um, and I didn't even know what Princess Bride was until I was in college, even worse. And even though it con- contains some of my favorite people, but anyway, yeah. So I have no relationship with this movie. I hate Christmas Vacation, but it's because <laughs> I didn't grow up with it. Like if you, I, if I didn't see this movie until like 2007. And so like, it's just so dated and yeah. the humor is just not that funny anymore. And it's like, and I, I'm wrong because if, if you grew up with it, it means there's millions of everyone loves this movie. And so I'm, uh, I'll admit this, I, my, my opinion of it should not matter. I'm going to kind of, I mean, I'm going to engage in the conversation, but 
But don't even listen to what I say critically because all of you that are mad right now, you're right. I'm wrong. But I hate this movie. And I'll never watch it again. I mean, unless, like, for some <laughs> reason my kids want to see it or something. I don't know. But I, I, I have no reason we'll ever see this movie again now that we've done this episode on it. You all will. Yeah. Um, just general thoughts. Um, I kind of where Brian lies on it more so than the Richard side. Um, I would say, for me, this movie kind of really captures just the generic American family Christmas almost better than any movie. Um, as as far as the yeah. the in laws coming to the house, the dad who's delusional about something, you know, the mom who's stressed out, the kids who hate everything or just want to open presents or whatever, you know, um, the person you don't expect to show up that shows up. Um, I mean, it really does capture the, the whole family suburban dynamic really well. The neighbors that you hate, you know, that uh, want to destroy your Christmas, the, you know, the Christmas bonus you never get. There's several kind of things interweaved in there that are kind of the, the all-American story, uh, the all-American Christmas story. So. Uh, it has that aspect going for it, which I always kind of enjoyed. Um, and it, I think it has pretty funny bits, to be honest. Um, yeah, I sure. laugh at it, several several bits of this movie. First of all, the opening scene where they're going to cut down the tree. I think that's funny. <laughs> the funny line to me is when he says, uh, or the son says, Dad, that tree won't even fit in our yard. And, and Griswold says, that's not going in our yard. It's going in our living room. I just think that's like, and he's so serious, and and then he remembers he didn't bring his saw, and they like have to uproot the thing, and it's on the station wagon. Like, there's some funny, uh, I guess, visuals there, visual gag, I guess. Um, and then we get to when they're inviting all the people over. He covers his house and tons of lights. I was thought that was a kind of a, I don't know. Not necessarily a throwback, but kind of a, a almost Buster Keaton esque like physical <laughs> sequence, you know, mm. just with kind of music and him with the staple gun and putting the lights up and just I don't you don't I don't necessarily see that type of comedy much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of almost like miming in a way, you know, just that physical comedy. Um, like I said. Uh, like silent movie era comedy um i guess chevy was kind of good at that um yeah if you were can say he's good at anything it might be no that, totally uh, just totally the, his yeah. physical comedy is uh kind of michael richards uh he is on a kind of another level with his with his body and as far as getting getting that the the physical lat and you know he'll he'll fall off a ladder for you you know mm-hmm. uh he's not afraid mm-hmm. to do that but that's that's good um I've always thought of Clark Griswold in the, more in the recent years, especially on the last rewatch of Christmas Vacation. He's kind of like the first Michael Scott, you know, Clark Griswold. He's kind of this delusional, uh, affable guy who thinks he's kind of cool, but he's actually really lame, and everyone's just kind of laughing at him behind his back, and mm-hmm. he doesn't really understand mm-hmm. it. Um, it's kind of a similar bit, and he kind of does it pretty well uh, to me. And, and the thing that kind of was Michael Scott about it was the Christmas lights. Like I can totally see Michael Scott covering his house and lights and inviting everybody outside the whole office out there to go 
in their pajamas to go look at it, and it's 30 degrees, and they're all complaining how cold it is, and he's like, tries to plug it in, and it doesn't do anything, you know? Like, I could see that happening on that show with that character. So, like, I mean, it's just, um, I, that's a kind of a comparison I could make um, for somebody who's not really familiar with Chevy Chase or this movie. Um, mm-hmm. but that, that's what it reminded me of last watch. Um, that's kind of the joy I found in that character. And I think the, the scene is funny with him in the, the department store, the lingerie girl and the son walks up and everything. Like, that, I thought that was funny. Um, I'm just trying to think of some, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll think of more as we're, as we're continuing this, but some of the funnier gags that I found throughout, um, the movie, uh, were those uh brian anything on the last rewatch i know you just just got yeah i just just watched it today this is one that i i mean i rewatch it fairly frequently but i it you know in the newsletter this week i sent out it was it was in my top five christmas movies of all time i enjoy the movie i don't i don't like really relish it i guess like i and i don't super look forward to rewatching it and then it it finds a way to to make me laugh or at least smile when I feel like right when I'm at my most, I'm just not really digging this anymore. It reminds me of something that's funny. Randy Quaid's really funny in this movie, which is such a strange thing to uh, <laughs> to say or admit at this point in life. Um, but I think this is the peak of that character, at least as you move forward or backward in time in the vacation movies. Uh, I think that's a it's a really tired bit, but it's kind of perfect for Christmas vacation. And you're right. It it does sort of summarize a very, um, a very stereotypical, but it's a very think, simple movie, you know? Yes, it, it is. It is. Um, but I think it, it summarizes that, that sort of, uh, stereotypical, at least as far as a, a movie experience, Midwestern family Christmas. And this whole bit of like trying to impress the in-laws and, trying to gather everybody for Christmas, even though it makes most everybody miserable and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and that there's a simplicity to that, that, uh, that does work. And I, I, I like your Michael Scott comparison. That's a good way to, uh, that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit more of a, I don't know necessarily a mean streak in Clark compared to Michael Scott, but Michael Scott is, oh, is a hundred percent. Clark is kind of you know? demented. Like Clark, will, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark will yeah. drive his family off a cliff. Literally, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. If Michael yeah. Scott would go to the, yeah, Michael links. Scott is delusional, but not, yeah. um, but not quite clinical at times. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I, this last rewatch, I, I enjoy the bit that the first, so, dude, uh, when time, he's cutting the, when he gets the tree in the house and he cuts the, the rope yeah, and, and he's just... got the sap on his hands and he's trying to read the magazine and mm-hmm. like yeah. like there's about a good there's funny there's bits a good and he sells it chunk in there yeah. that's like oh yeah pretty good like for chevy is just like Look, chevy's Chevy. great at what he does like i said i just don't it's a it's a <laughs> style of comedy that is kind of trapped in time and it i you know regardless of uh how i feel about chevy personally that style of comedy doesn't really play in 2016. If to Richard's point, if you had not seen this movie in the 80s or as a you know a younger person or had some kind of nostalgia built into it, I don't know that it plays all that well. But you know, but I do have some 
some level of uh, of nostalgia built this into it. This movie is so dated to me. It's weird to me that it mm-hmm. came out in my lifetime. Like I always think yeah, this yeah. is a movie it, that it came does. out in like 1983, but it mm-hmm. came out in 89. Like I was, it's a year yeah. before Home Alone, but Home Alone has aged so much better. Yeah, I would say if we watched this movie in 1989, we would say, man, it feels a little dated. Like it does really? feel like it was written six years old. I think so. Yeah, I think it I, feels I think just. I don't. I don't guess I don't. I guess I just feel like it's set at like their house. Like that's why I just don't feel like it's yeah. it's super. Uh, I, it, there's nothing that's like totally jarring when I see it. It's just no, kinda... no, not dated that way. Dated in tone. Like it's just oh you know, the, the the comedy. Yeah, the comedy. It's just the style. It's not yeah. the look. The look looks fine, but it's like the comedy in this movie holds it's up. It's consistent with the vacation movies, I guess. Yeah, the style of yes, comedy. Yes, agree. I mean, agree. They all kind of hold up the same. A Vegas vacation Terribly. less. <laughs> so, but no, it was vacation, yeah. and I would say and vacation, European. and I don't, I, I would, I don't even include European. I go Vegas vacation. I mean, I go, uh, yeah, only Vegas. No, <laughs> I go Christmas vacation and vacation, and the original. Yeah, those. Are oh the yeah, two, that's easy. I mean, too bad. No question. That's it. And I have seen maybe the first hour of the. I think I was on a plane and I saw the Ed Helms one. And speaking of like, yeah, Ed Helms. I mean. Going back to the Michael Scott thing, who replaced Michael Scott as the new Michael Scott on The Office at Helms, right. you know, I'm just saying it's kind of the similar kind of bit that they're yeah, doing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I just I find Clark Griswold so dislikable. I never he, felt that was that was where I mean, I'm, he's delusional. That, That's what I feel like. Yeah, I just Michael Scott's great thing was that he could always be horrible but likable, and I I I can never get there with Clark Griswold. I always just mm-hmm. find him loathsome and i just can't wait till he's no longer on screen <laughs> i think they they tip i hate I think these movies like i've never yeah. laughed i've seen 90 percent of them oh, now wow of, of all and i i've never laughed i'm serious i've never laughed at a vacation moment <laughs> i think else? they i think the movies do a decent job uh of yes he's kind of a miserable guy at times but at least with Christmas Vacation, I think it does come around at the end. And maybe he hasn't earned that redemption, but it does. Christmas Vac- I think that's why I like Christmas Vacation more than the others, is that at least in this one, I get the sense that he is a good dude who's just trying his best. And I don't necessarily get that in any of the other <laughs> the other vacation movies. But this one, you know, he's... The, the bonus thing and he's trying really hard to impress the parents and the in-laws and that's that's super stressful and um he's trying to have a relationship with his kids all this stuff he's not going about it the right way and obviously brother, and i, I he comes to town yeah, who oh, has geez. no money and he's trying to give his brother Crazy. money i i do fall more in line with you richard as far as just like i don't i don't enjoy his character and i'm not I do kind of find him a little bit of a miserable person at times, but I, this is the one of the, I guess the four vacation movies that I, I guess I find some kind of something likable about him down the stretch. I think it's a funny bit how they, he's watching all the family movies in his attic and they, somebody opens the attic. (laughs) He's up there just out of nowhere. (laughs) That's just like random and, Right. I don't know why I it think, makes me laugh, but it does. It, yes, every time. I, yeah, I think you kind of hit it there. Like all of these, there are so many. Um, there's so many gags, and there's so many different. When he sort sticks of his head out of the attic, or and, the gag. 
when he sticks mm-hmm. his head out of the attic and how the just how the Christmas lights are like stapled up there like horribly, you know, like around right. the yes. like porthole yes. of the There's some there's some real there's some real authenticity to that. I don't know why that yeah. makes me no, laugh. No, I, I totally. I think the deal is to both of your points, if you're if you're not in for the gag or you can't get there with whatever gag they're doing, the gag drags it seems like it drags on for hours on end. And so for me, what this yeah, this last it. viewing kind of resulted in this feeling of like there's there's not a lot of consistency with the movie and that really is truly based on whether whatever weird thing or outrageous thing he's doing at the time makes me laugh or not. And so I don't really love the opening sequence with going to get the tree. Um gosh, what was the other one you mentioned? There's another bit that I just like, eh, this isn't real. The oh the uh the sledding that they do oh, is, I hate is that. Awful. I don't like that I at hate all. That yeah. sequence. Um, there's a couple others along the line where you're just like, this is not a really, it's not a funny bit to me, and it it does, it's interminable. They seem like they last forever. Basically, it's, a, it's but there are enough good bits yeah. where I'm like that I can that I at least I enjoy and I can it, it, it wins me over. I would say it's a solid A until after the Christmas lights. <laughs> and then after that, it's like I could turn it off, you know. Like it's it's funny, but it's not. It 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 definitely falls off. Like I like to the me, Christmas it starts light. out strong yeah. and it just stays steady until the in laws come over and they get everything out and they're setting everything up and everyone's getting settled and mm-hmm. and they're all out. Yeah, I mean, to me, like it, for twenty minutes, it hits like every note and then it just kind of. Mm-hmm. falls off it's, after it's just all uh, over yeah. yeah yeah there's just a lot there's a lot going on and it so if you're not really if you're randy not really quaid enjoying the ride it's really up. difficult to get on board say what i said once randy quaid shows up for me <laughs> honestly that's when i'm out see i think he's for me he's probably the best part of the movie which is such a weird thing to to feel <laughs> Cousin <laughs> at this point i i enjoy the it is horribly awkward it's so cringy like, yeah it's I really, cringy i really Super hate cringy. cringe humor like sure. just yeah you just like want to leave the conversation like that's mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. awkward it is you know when he's just talking to clark about how poor he is and how you know clark's yeah. just like like has to say has like basically has to give him money you know like he's mm-hmm. basically left yeah. in that you can't get back out scenario and you want you as the viewer want to leave you're like oh what are the kids up to or something you know like uh it's just yeah it is cringe humor and uh mm-hmm. you know i guess to its finest nothing better than randy quaid for cringe <laughs> <laughs> yeah no joke no joke but, uh, i don't know why but like even as a kid hit the bit about when they when <laughs> when clark electrocutes the, the cat um just the whole idea like they're taking the the chair out to the 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 street and he's talking about mind if i take this uh see if i can fumigate it and get the smell out of there what is that smell like fraud pussycat i don't know why but that always made me laugh as a kid and so i have this sort of nostalgia built to that they yeah there's some funny stuff with the the septic tank and and yeah and uh cousin eddie and there's some there's some uh there's some good stuff there. Um, I think but, the I think the ending is the for me is the best oh, part. And maybe it's just boss because, yeah, because it just makes him seem like a human being for once. But yes, the whole with Randy Quaid with Uncle Eddie uh, or cousin Eddie, excuse me, uh, whatever kidnapping the boss and bring him in, and that's that's a funny sequence, and it it's enough like slapsticky sort of over the top humor, but in a 
I don't know, a little bit of a self-contained way. And I, I think that's, to me, that's where I I come out on top with this movie. Because I think it's, I think it's kind of going, jumping back and forth for me between, is this a, am I going to give this a good grade or a bad grade? And I, that last 15, 20 minutes to me seals it as a qual, you know, a solid film. Cool. Well, for me, uh, I guess I fall pretty much on the positive side with this one. Um, I guess the nostalgia I have for it wins out. Um, I definitely hold it higher than some. I don't hold it. I don't, uh, hold home alone, uh, lower than it. I would say home alone is higher and as well as Charlie Brown. Those were my probably two favorites. I love the Grinch as well. As far as the Christmas movies go. Yeah. But, um, that's been a big Christmas player vacation. It, I watch, yeah. I've watched it every year probably since I've seen it. So I, mm -hmm. I can't say it hasn't, uh, been a staying, had staying power in my, uh, in my household or, at least it's one that I'll literally throw on at midnight, like once a year, you know, sure. around yeah. Christmas time. And I'm like, I'll fall, fall asleep to it and I'll laugh at, you know, three or four or five times before I go to bed and it'll give me sure. some, yeah. some good. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's better than, I guess bad Santa's like that for a lot of people, you know, <laughs> just like, especially because it's like kind of a late night humor kind of thing. And, um, this less so. This is more of a family film, you know. Uh, this is definitely one you could throw on with your if you got family over for the holidays. Here's a hint: throw on Christmas Vacation and watch it, and it'll distract everybody for two hours. Just do that. <laughs> it's at least maybe bearable. go with the TBS version though, because yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff for a PG-13 movie that you always forget about until you're watching <laughs> oh, of it course. with your family. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess we could hit a grade on. Christmas Vacation. I don't have a lot more to say on it, but I would love mm -hmm. for the listener to chime in on yeah. their thoughts on it. I really don't know the general consensus on this. I just kind of yeah, I'm curious on, on that and, too. And yeah. I, I have, I think there's some funny bits in it, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I feel. Um, Melakaliki Maka scene where he's imagining the pool too is <laughs> kind of an iconic sequence as well too. It's kind of messed up when you think about like what's occurring there, but. Uh, for some reason, kind of has staying power as far as my Christmas movie memories. So, my grade on Christmas Vacation, I'm going to go A-. minus. Right. That's fair. Uh, I would say it's probably a, like a B for me. It's it's not one that I'm going to rewatch every single Christmas. I'm rewatching Home Alone. I'm rewatching Elf. Um, Elf has Christmas been one Carol. that I... Elf, sorry. Elf has been yeah. one that I, like, haven't had much staying power. Like, I loved it at first, but oh, man. I, I haven't been able to revisit it every year. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I, don't, I don't love watching Elf. It's not like, oh, I just can't wait to watch Elf this year. But it is the, to me, it, it's kind of become the ultimate, oh, it's Christmas. I guess I'll put a Christmas movie on. And Elf is the first one that comes to mind and and it is definitely the one that if i have the family over and i'm trying to distract us all for for an hour and a half that's the one i'm going to uh because no one can find not, anything not wrong with Elf. well i mean that's the the later have the second part of the the two-parter krampus yeah. is pretty cringy too <laughs> yeah no way it's like uh no i don't think you can see it brian but no it's like no. a christmas horror weird <laughs> boogeyman 
yeah. kind of a thing with Adam Danish. Scott. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of weird. Kind of my hell, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I'll go with those those movies, and and then I'm all in on. I watch a lot of the TV Christmas episodes every Christmas. The Office and Parks and uh, Community has a good one, that sort of thing. So for me, it's like a, you were what A minus can't. This is a this is a B, and probably every other year, every three years in the rotation. Richard, how about you, what, man? What is Elf to uh, you, uh, uh, Brian? An A? Uh, yeah, I'd say I I like Elf. I'm good with Elf. A A minus, something like that. It it fits to me. It fits the tone of Christmas pretty well as far as like yeah we just we got this going on in the background it's it's good it's fine richard f minus uh, minus you guys don't want to know yeah i would give it an f minus 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 but <laughs> it's one of my least favorite movies ever but i uh everyone else would give it an a so i'm gonna be nice in the spirit of christmas and average and say i'll give it a c because i'm again i'm clearly wrong because there's there's something weird about That's me funny this doesn't click with me and i hate it it's be, rare for us to be all over the map like that. That's that's interesting. I'll be curious as to the Rotten Tomatoes score of Christmas Vacation. Let's I can give that out. to you. It it what do you, you want to guess? I've got it in front of me. You want to guess? I'm gonna guess seventy four percent. Okay, RB, you got to guess. Well, I want to guess in the negative. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they do that. Um, I'll go. Uh, I'll go 51. Okay. Right in the middle of you. 64%. But not enough to be certified. But Home, but home Alone is in the 40s. I know. Go. That makes me furious. But, but Roger cool? Ebert didn't like this one either. So, you know, at least he's consistent. <laughs> well, if Office Christmas Party is any indication, oh, we're in for a treat. Writing. Okay. So, that does it on Christmas Vacation. Please let us know your thoughts on it via Twitter, email, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, Send us your top five Christmas movies or something. I'm I'm interested to see what people say. You know, we might do one or two more throwback Christmas episodes <laughs> before. Richard does not want to hear from you. He wants that made clear. Yeah. Don't tweet Richard. So, <laughs> one of my favorite Johnny Galecki movies, though. I will give it that. <laughs> there are many. Brian knows. Yeah. Well, such a vast catalog. Huge Big Bang guy. He's a closet <laughs> Big Bang, though. We don't talk about it on the show because it's embarrassing, yeah. but it's okay. So, let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Um, I'm going to recommend, like I teased, uh, Sing Street. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's kind of a... I don't know if I want to say... It's kind of like that thing you do, in a way. It's about a band who gets inspired by 80s music and mm. decide to start, like, an 80s band um, in the 80s, though. Like, they were inspired by, like, Duran Duran and those bands. Um, but they start a band, and they write all original music, and it, they're called Sing Street. And it's a coming-of-age band-type story. Um, so worth checking out on Netflix if you're into those types of Sweet. movies, the almost famous types of movies. Um, and I think you'll like it, Brian. Check that out. And uh, that's a weekly recommend for me. Again, nominated for awesome. Best Picture for the Golden Globe, so that ought to tell you what. Um, it's, a, yeah. it's a high quality movie. It's not like a throwaway. It's not like a. Um, it's not kitty or anything like that. It's a. It's 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 well done. It, it, you you would think it was a biopic of some kind. Um, honestly, Sweet. if you didn't know. 
Uh, if you didn't know, sweet. Better. I didn't. I didn't know it was on Netflix. I'm. I'm excited. Yeah, to, just added uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, sweet. So, or last week, I think. So, check that out. Thank awesome. You. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead with your recommend. I'm gonna recommend a, a TV show that will. It's actually not quite out yet, but it will be by the time this episode drops. It's uh, The Man in the High Castle. Season two hits Amazon. I think tomorrow, the day after, very soon. And uh, I, if you watch season one, obviously you'll be excited for season two. If you have not watched season one, you need to do that because it's an incredible show. So many cool parts. Uh, it's got a great twist on uh, on you know historical fiction. The way that uh, it's presented is incredible. Shot really well. Acting's really good. It's it's an outstanding show. Loved it. I'm super stoked for season two, and uh, it, that starts this week. So. Check that out. It's not super long. I think it's ten episodes, so you could uh, you could binge it the first season before season two, if uh, if you so choose. Okay, is on Amazon, right? It is Amazon Prime. Yep. Amazon Prime. Who's not a member of that? It's twenty sixteen guys. Come around. Get Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's great. Really is worth that ninety. Oh, bucks. it's worth like, it's, like it's, whatever. It's, it's, even if you never order anything from Amazon, it's probably worth it at this point. Um, Richard. Yeah. Uh, can I interest you in a blues album? And can I introduce you in that album? Yeah. In, <laughs> can I introduce? It? Can I interest you in a blues album? And can I interest you in one by the Rolling Stones? Blue and Lonesome, the Rolling Stones, first album in ten years. It's really good. Uh, if you like kind of uh, kind of electric mid-century blues, um, it's kind of those guys doing what they do best, and uh, it sounds great. So uh, I don't know if either of you have heard it, but I think you would both dig it and uh, check it out. Blue and Lonesome. The Rolling Stones. Nice. Is it good? It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, I know Rolling Stone magazine had it as their like fourth best record of the year. That's ridiculous because that magazine's run by eighty year olds. But it's, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, it's a really good album. It's it's one of my probably favorite fifty albums of the year, which for a band of guys in the seventies is not bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. I haven't uh, I haven't heard it yet, so I'll have to check it out. I like the Stones. Okay, so let's uh, end this thing. Where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com dot com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. You can find me at richardbarden.com, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, or the aforementioned Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which will have a cool award show edition coming in Ooh. January. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, Ken. Okay. I've been looking for you my whole life. Where do I find I you? Online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and at Kent Garrison on Twitter, kentgarrison.com. You can find me also on iTunes at Mad About Movies. Subscribe, hit subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, get uh, that five-star review in. It helps grow the show if you like what you hear. We really appreciate that. Thank you to the sponsors, of course, for making this episode happen and offering you some awesome, awesome deals. And uh, until next time, we'll be talking Star Wars. Guys. Oh yeah, we yes. will. As well as La La Land coming up mm. this week. Um, so a double, mm. double whammy coming at you, uh, very soon. So it's winter it. blockbuster season, fellas. Let's let's block a buster. We'll do a podcast a day. I love that. Okay. Mm. Till next time. We'll see you then at the cinema. Bye.
and fight. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salad is scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs> 